All right, my friends, welcome back to another episode of the Build Show podcast. That's right, my weekly time to get together with you guys and go deep. And we got a terrific topic today. We're going to be talking about really the integration of offsite and onsite construction. I've got uh, the founder of a uh, prefab company with me today, Edie, who I think we're going to jump into several topics, like how could prefab work potentially for your jobs? Um, what is the promise of prefab in the future? Uh, I think that there's been uh, some thinking over the decades for me as a builder that, oh, next year is going to be the big year that this finally breaks out. And I've, I've honestly been disappointed a little bit in the decades that that hasn't happened. But we're going to be talking to Edie from Be Public, and they've got a very different model uh, that I think is going to be pretty interesting to my builder audience. So that being said, we're talking to Edie today about prefab construction. Let's get going. Hey guys, before we jump into Edie, I want to say uh, two quick thanks to sponsors. First off, Huber Engineered Woods. I mean, gosh, I don't even know what to say. This is one of the OG build show sponsors. Huber's been with me nearly since the beginning. Uh, and we've used their products uh, since long before there was a build show. In fact, I used my first Advantech subfloor after having a serious issue with standard plywood in about 2005 or 2006. And you, some of you guys know my history. I was a production builder for uh, a solid 10 years before I switched into kind of semi-custom building. And as a production builder, one of the things that absolutely bothered me was that we had subfloor squeaks on all our projects. We were using commodity uh, OSB. Uh, we were using kind of standard glue and nails. And we thought, oh, if we upgraded this or that on the process, we'd fix those squeaks. But we always had problems. Fast forward now, almost two decades that I've been using Advantech, I have yet to have a callback on a single house for a squeak. And they even have a squeak-free guarantee if you're using their glue and their Advantech sheathing together. And if you don't realize, they have a whole line of glue, which is basically a solid polyurethane adhesive, which sticks perfectly to the polyurethane in the Advantech. And that's a bit of the secret ingredient uh, on this uh, man-made product. So anyways, huge thanks to Huber. If you're not using their products, you should definitely be checking them out. And speaking of OG Build Show sponsors, literally the very first sponsor of the Build Show, the first company that I reached out to in about I don't know, 2013, probably 10 years ago, was Polyguard because I was using their product called Flash, and I loved it as a builder. It really solved a problem for me. Uh, and I reached out to them and said, hey, guys, I've already made some videos on this product. Would you guys consider uh, giving me like ten dollars or $15,000 a year? It'll help pay for my video equipment or my camera crew. Uh, I was just trying to figure out how to not lose money on these videos I was making. And Polyguard uh, at the time was like, yeah, that sounds great. We got this new division called Polywall. We're trying to branch out from just commercial into residential. And uh, you probably realize this already, but they've decided to sunset that brand. They realized, look, we're already using commercial products. We have this great brand reputation of five or six decades in the industry as Polyguard. So the Polywall name is gone. Everything is a bomber commercial grade product. This is still an employee owned company that makes their products right here in Ennis, Texas, which is right outside of Dallas. So huge thanks to Polyguard for sponsoring and definitely check them out. All right, guys, let's jump in with Edie Dillman. So first off, Edie, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for the invite, Matt. 
So, Edie, Be Public is a prefab company, but you guys are not exactly, uh, you know, when I think prefab, sometimes I think SIPs manufacturer, and sometimes I think, oh, we're going to crane it in and move in the next day. Would you kind of explain what prefab means and, and what, give me a bit of a, a background of what you guys actually do when it comes to prefab? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, yeah, I think, I think we could all use better terms to divide the industry. There's so much coming out and, and B Public's prefab system is really a component based envelope system. So we could say yes to SIPs. We are, you know, a structural insulated panel. Yep. Yep. You are. <laughs> um, I might say we're a structural panel on steroids because <laughs> it's fully framed and sheathed um, and it's insulated with cellulose, dense pack. Um, and the so air barrier on the inside and the outside is typically on already, right? Yeah. Every panel is fully wrapped in air and weather barrier. So they yeah. come as, you know, fully insulated, ready to go mm -hmm. um, for that air sealing and weather sealing. Yeah. yeah. So different than a SIPS. Um, there's some similarities. So builders who have worked with SIPS are sort of down the path a little bit to understand what it means to bring something in like that on site. Um, we're certainly not a full volumetric. We really are just following light wood frame code construction. Um, there's no electrical or plumbing in our system. It mm -hmm. is just the structural envelope. Yep. We're different to some manufacturers in that we have walls, roof, and floor panels and offer them at different R values. So we talk about hybrid construction with offsite that we're not displacing the builders on site. It's really designed as a tool, yeah. as a building material for builders to do you know, this, that, and everything with um, the panels as kind of the core of that high-performance structure. That's pretty awesome. Now, I've done both traditional SIPs, which usually is some version of like uh, OSB on both sides with a sandwich of foam, and I've done prefab, which which uh, I would consider uh, what I've done with, are you familiar with a company called Benson Wood Homes up in uh, New oh, Hampshire? Yeah. yeah. I would consider them to be a similar type of uh, uh, setup to you guys. They kind of call themselves a timber frame company. And oh, by the way, we have these structurally insulated panels as well. But what I did in my first Benson Wood house, I don't know, maybe 2014, 2015, something like that, I was blown away by how they'd thought of all the air sealing details. And they were utilizing a bunch of different products that I'd never seen before. Like, what are all these crazy air sealing tapes they're using? And what are all these gaskets and membranes and all this stuff? And it opened my eyes to a world of, oh my gosh, this prefab panelized, you can get some serious performance. And yet it still felt like kind of quote unquote standard construction to me because I still had all the stages, all the mechanicals. I still put the foundation in. But instead of framing the walls traditionally with a bunch of sticks in the yard, I had these panels craned in. Does that seem about accurate? Yeah. And, you know, we think of Benson Wood not as competition, but, you know, collaborators out in the space making change. They're great leaders. Um, and I think you're right. It, when you're going to prefab, when you're designing to incorporate something that takes over, what, seven sequences on site. Mm hmm we get a little protective of that air barrier. We really want the craftsmanship that's put in in the shop yep. to translate and not make it harder on site. We really want to think about, okay, we've got that perfect air barrier. 
when you need to penetrate, great. We've got details for you. We've got gaskets. We've got the tapes. Mm -hmm. And I think um, similarly, we're thinking about sustainability in that these structures will down the road, you'll want to renovate them, yeah, right? And yeah. and what we're building in is the skin of that, whatever the exterior finish can be changed, can be repaired, but the core of the performance and the good mo bones of the building are truly permanent. But that also means we want you to be able to cut into it appropriately. Mm -hmm. Like we talk to builders all the time about, no, 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 it is, you know, it, we work really hard on that air barrier to provide that assurance on site, but of course you have reasons to penetrate. So when yeah. you do that, you know, it's cellulose inside, you cut into it, you unpack recycled wood fiber, you can repack that and tape that. It's not, you know, it, you're not breaking it. Right. It's when a you, building material. When you had a hose bib, based. when you had an electrical outlet, it's no big deal. We just need to repair that air barrier in the inside and the outside. Uh, but otherwise, sure. that pre-insulated panel is fine. Yeah, and I think for us, like you can see, I don't know if anybody else can see, but I've got a pod behind me with some of you know our mock-up. It makes it really clear where that air barrier is. Like when you're running the trades through a project and you're telling people to imagine that that's going to be the air barrier and try and stay out of that, we bring a product to the site where everybody sees it. It's really obvious. Yeah. And so when you're negotiating, do we need to cut in or can we run furring strips there to solve that? It's, you know, it, it's, um, it's different in that way of it's already present. You're yeah. not imagining it. You're not looking on the plans. Yeah. By the way, uh, Evie, we published this both an audio version and a video version. You can watch, if you're listening to this, folks, you can watch this same episode over on buildshownetwork.com. And for those that are watching, and maybe you can explain for the listeners, Edie, walk us through one or, one or two of those mock-ups. Like that mock-up, which is over your left shoulder, I believe, looks like a 16-inch thick fat wall exactly uh, with the window. Would you give me just a, a quick uh, kind of background or tour of one of those mock-ups? Yeah, um, I'd love to. Can I get up and move over there? Oh, yeah, I don't want to lose audio, but I think... What you're looking at over my right shoulder is a full mock-up pod of a full envelope. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's actually our R35 wall panel. Shoo. That that one that's holding the window frame is our R52. <laughs> so, you know, not every project or climate zone needs that R52. Mm -hmm. um, the folks in Minnesota are really excited about it. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're exactly right. This is uh, this uh, the R35 is based on a nine and a half inch eye joist. Okay. Um, and then bumping up, so it is fully framed. So everything's 24 on center framing. Mm -hmm. So we're filling those cells with dense pack cellulose. So depending on and depending on the climate, depending on the client's desire for performance, um, we have options which is nice. Like when we go to quote things, we can offer, you know, here's the R59 roof panel or the R80. And what's the difference in terms of cost? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we, we do a lot of these mock-ups. It's really helpful to see the cross-section Yes. Um, to know where that tie-in is. There's quite a bit of wood in there to, to show people where you can connect the panels. So speaking um, of that cross-section, would you walk me through from like outside to in? What is... What does that look like? What is that cross section? Oh yeah, you bet. 
So the blue that you see um, in photographs or on a website or behind me is a fully adhered weather barrier. So that is weather barrier rated for 120 days of exposure okay. on site. And it's attached to uh, ply so sheathing. It's a, so in other words, it's a vapor open peel and stick uh, WRB, right? So we get good air yeah. tightness, good water tightness, and you've got four months of UV exposure on that. Yeah, and I think that vapor open is so important to point out because that is long-term resiliency as well. Yeah, especially And then you've got eye joist framing in there okay. and some additional members for structure. Um, okay. We okay. always have it. Yep. I'm sorry, did you say plywood on the outside, OSB on yep. the outside? It's ply. Ply, okay. And is there any choices in that? Like could, could a builder say, I'd like three-quarter ply so I can anchor anywhere for my brick ties or... Uh, or is it kind of one size fits all for uh, for exterior sheathing? It's a really good question. We're um, we have a standard. Usually, we'll um, take input from the project engineer. Mm -hmm. Like if we're working in California and they want additional shear, oh, right. um, we do that. Uh, each of our panels is really built to sort of highest and best. Um, for sheer nailing and all of that. Mm -hmm. um, but because we're the manufacturer, because we control our shop drawings and we love our BIM and our technology, we do have a lot of flexibility to be responsive to the project need um, or the builder's desire to use, you know, an alternative. Yep. Uh, but we like the, sheet, the ply because of the vapor openness as well. Yeah, that's huge. Okay, so yeah. plywood... And then you mentioned uh, that the um, uh, the studs basically are eye joists, and yeah. I think most builders know what we're talking about. But an eye joist is usually a plywood uh, top and bottom flange with like an OSB webbing. Uh, exactly. And so you've got this really thin member in the center, which is going to really reduce the amount of thermal bridging. It's not like a solid two by twelve for a stud, let's say. Um, which also means that the engineer is trying to figure out, okay, you know, normally there's, these are loaded in a kind of floor joist direction. What if we load them down? And so oftentimes there's some solid sheathing on the inside as well for structure. Is that is that true in your case as well? Yeah, and we have additional uh, lumber in the walls for that additional structure Okay. Um, to um, yeah support that weight. Um, and I think you point out a good benefit of using the eye joist for reducing that thermal bridging mm -hmm. by going down to that thin member in the middle yeah. and then packing it with dense pack. I mean, yeah. we're packing to 3.5 pounds per cubic foot of Ooh, dense a, pack. So you've got a heavy bag or a pillow. sweater around that joist. <laughs> yeah. So nothing's going through. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Yeah. And then on the inside, more solid sheathing of some variety or... Uh, no, it's just... a high-performance membrane that okay. we're using. That's the gotcha. air, air barrier uh, membrane. And we've actually upgraded that this last year. So it is rated as a weather barrier as well, hmm. which, of course, we're trying to reduce risk for builders on site. And certainly we're building these panels to flat pack and ship across the country. And sure. so as much, you know, we're tarping them, of course, and we want to protect them but as much resiliency as we can provide to those panels and the insulation to site is is in there. So that's a it's a membrane, a fabric. Um, and then once panels are installed, then the builder um, can choose the furring strips to run on the interior to create the service cavity and protect that air barrier and then attach, you know, your 
your uh, finished wall. We're going to assume it's drywall, but you could do paneling right on there as well. Could be whatever. So the couple, I've built two houses now with Benson Wood, and we flat framed with two buys on the inside of those uh, of that air barrier that they that they had on theirs, Uh, and then they had more traditional joist framing, let's say, that I was running services through. And then we use their panels for a pitched roof. So, you know, once that house was framed uh, and the windows were in, we could run an air barrier test if we wanted to. We could run a blower door test on that. And then all we had to do was was bring our framer in to do a little bit of interior framing, you know, interior partition walls, uh, non-load bearing walls. And then we were ready for trades and we were off to the races. And one big reason why we liked the Benson Wood system, which I would think is a huge benefit to you guys as well, was speed. Uh, one job in particular, I got hired uh, because we could do a super detailed, ultra custom home in less than a year from tear down of the old house on the lake to total move in on the new house because we were utilizing this prefab system. I think that's a huge benefit for you guys as well. Yeah, and it's designed that way. I mean, I. I- I'd love to talk about, you know, why we built this company and that it really is designed to help builders. And and that's in many different ways. One is we have such a housing need. We all are so busy. We want to finish these projects successfully more quickly. And so what can't what what can we work with to make that happen? And so the speed to get the envelope up, it's snowing here where I am today. The idea of being inside one of these envelopes today is much better than framing on site today. And that really is the goal. So I love that you've had such a good experience with Benson Wood. We are a very similar company in our approach and the detail of our drawings and what we provide to builders. Um, it's, It's a great example. How much time do you think it cut off your project? Oh, months for sure. Now, now as a side note, we also, as a full team, went to the Lean Construction Institute training. I don't know if you're familiar with those guys, but anybody who's listening and knows them is smiling like you, Edie. And if you haven't, you should look into them. They were amazing. I mean, we, we sent our whole project team at the real early onset to uh, Lean Construction Institute training. And uh, we probably did the project literally in half the typical time. Uh, in total. And as a for instance, from the time the slab was ready, uh, you know, let's say we poured the slab, stripped it, let it cure a week or 10 days, the Bensonwood panels were dropped off. We were fully framed and fully waterproofed in two weeks. Uh, and give us like, I can't remember what it was, another three, four days, let's say, to finish all the interior framing, floor joists, all that stuff. We had trades in the house in less than three weeks. Uh, well, that's the program. I mean, that's that's for a lot of our builder partners. That's the big shift. It's not what are these materials? How do I deal with them? It's that your sequencing is totally changed that you are ready for windows and doors on day eight or 10 on yeah, site. Yeah. Right. Huge. You're ready for roofing materials. That's where we have gaps of speeding up the industry and getting people ordering things and ready to take advantage of the speed. Yep. Um, so Matt, when do we get you to come to one of our builder trainings? <laughs> Maybe someday. I've actually been to one of your job sites. We have a mutual friend, a guy named Mark Willie, that uh, you guys on the podcast may know him as Engineered uh, Woodwork uh, on Instagram. Mark's joined the Build Show about six months ago. Uh, he's done your training. I think he's maybe been a trainer with you guys in the past. Mark's 
Mark's an incredible guy. Uh, but Mark brought me out to one of your job sites when I was in Denver uh, checking out the Marshall fires. This was a, an area that uh, had this huge wildfire sweep through and all kinds of builders were rebuilding and lots of new homes were being built with a real eye for performance. And by the way, uh, Be Public's motto, which I think is really cool, is modern bones for net zero homes. Uh, and it looked to me like they were framing that house, ED, which was, I don't know, 3,500, 3,000 square feet in seven-ish days, maybe. I was there on day three or four, and they were ha- at least halfway done. It was crazy, uh, which leads to a question. Are you, uh, do you employ in-house uh, folks that are helping a builder or actually erecting the, the shell for builders? Or are builders going to training and learning and then getting your panels and setting up themselves? We really want to train builders to do this. Um, it was a decision we made as a company that, you know, that that was uh, something we could hold and, and, and sort of control. Mm-hmm. And we really want to train local builders to be able to receive panels and install them and increase again their own profitability and yeah. joy in working. So we took the tact that we've developed this training program that's quarterly. So we bring people out to our facility in New Mexico and we spend two days uh, playing with a crane. I mean, we're doing full signal person training so that people can be out there safe, but we're going through what it means to read a set of plans that includes offsite um and you know we love it for our builder partners um but this training is great for anybody working in panelized or offsite yeah it really we're having an industry shift you sort of brought it up at the intro why has it been slow to to move towards offsite there's so many things that are logical about it why has the industry not embraced and run with it yeah what's your and take on that, it, what's your answer yeah? for that you're, you're answering your own question. I love it. Keep going. I was going to ask you this. Oh. <laughs> I like to talk. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, you know, we decided to to develop this training program, and we actually want to add to it. I mean, it's been so popular around the panelization that we want to talk about better window um, installs and, and how do we get those and what are those details for installing. So that was our that's our directive, and um, we're adding to it. That's fantastic. Uh, Edie, talk to me about, I know one question that I bet builders are thinking about right now is, uh, how do I work with be public? Like, do you guys have plans already? Do you guys do custom homes? Do you work with outside architects? What's that process look like, uh, in getting a be public shell? The answer is yes, Matt. Okay. You can do all of those things. So, um, we have a design team. We have some pre-designed um, beautiful plans. We're doing custom design with our architects and designers here Killer. in the studio. Um, and we just launched a partnership with Hereabout Homes hmm. with their gorgeous home plans are now being offered where you purchase the plans from Hereabout and then you can build them with Be Public for high performance. So that's been really an exciting partnership Great. and we will continue here, as in H-E-A-R, about? As in hereabouts. Oh, hereabouts. That's funny. What's their website? <laughs> I'm curious. I want to look it up later. Yeah. So Do that's you know? our new collaboration. And we'll have more with her and with other architects. Um, about 50% of our time is supporting outside architects in specifying. Mm-hmm. 
panels mm -hmm. for their projects. So cool. we're working on multifamily, custom single family neighborhoods with other architects. Um, and when it comes to builders, you know, we're sort of their partner to become a design build team, mm, I love right? That. We can offer that support to them. Um, so we could be their outside inside design team. Um, and I think really important for builders, if they've got a set of plans that aren't already permitted and they want an idea of those costs, we do 3D models and estimates within a couple of weeks with real costs on wow. what it would be. Fantastic. Um, so that's there are lots of ways to work with us. And again, facilitating the opportunities. And knowing that our podcast audience is mainly pros, but throughout both the US and Canada. Can you give us any, and I, I know you're gonna hate this question, but I'm gonna throw it anyways, because I know people are thinking about it. Can you give us any cost understanding uh, at all for uh, for your part of that process? Or when yeah, people call and know, say, I'm hey, what gonna, should I'm I budget? I'm not gonna wanna answer that question. I'm sorry, Matt. You're no, gonna that's have, totally fine. People have to reach out, right? Yeah, I want them works. to call me and ask for an estimate. Yeah, that's good. Um, we Here's here's a good answer. Um, we find in most of the areas that we're working and selling into that high performance homes are five to eight percent more expensive to build upfront. Yep. Now that is changing, and in certain very high, um, highly competitive communities, we are definitely hearing from builders that we are better than site building for cost. That's awesome. So it it is a regional question of sure. is it more affordable or is it more expensive? Yep. That's why we want to give real data to builders and we offer that upfront and a lot of technical support. It's not like here's your estimate and place an order. We're on your team from that first estimate all the way through the build. Yeah. Yeah. Edie, what's the future look like, both for you guys, for your type of company? Uh, you know. I, I suspect you guys can only do uh, so many homes a year today, but how many could you do five or 10 years from now? And or do you see other competitors springing up in the Northeast or the Northwest or in Canada or other places? Kind of going back to that question of, uh, you know, feeling like any day now we're going to have this prefab revolution that's going to come out. Can you answer? Do you have any good answer for that? Yeah, and I I hate to reference that the electric car did die for many decades, and now it's on the road. I yeah. mean, I think that's, that's where prefab is. Mm -hmm. um, I think there are a lot, lot of people doing really excellent work, and we're really proud of the work that we're doing. Yep. Uh, B Public's uh, growth is that we we want not just to train uh, the builders out in the field, but we want to train tradespeople. Yep in communities that will always need those skills long-term. So we have a model of smaller workshops that are regionally based oh, and cool. growing those. So look for Be Public Shop near you. Killer. Or, um, or call and say, we need you here and let us know that we need to be building our next shop there. So that we think it is the future. There's. There's such a shortage of builders now. Yep. We're aging out. We're gonna yep. lose a lot, you know, a, a huge percentage in the next 10 years and our housing demand and our building demand is continuing. So we're in it to raise the quality of what we build, the joy 
in the process of building and take a lot of the risk out of there and definitely build, you know, whatever code throws at us and beyond with ease. That's so killer. we're in it for the long haul. I love it, Edie. Uh, Edie, how can people get a hold of you or your company? Give us your website. Give us your uh, best contact info that you would want for uh, people facing the public at, at Be Public. Yeah, you can reach us at B, the letter B, publicprefab.com. Bpublicprefab.com. Yeah, we're also on Instagram and YouTube. We've got a lot of really good tech how-tos and behind the panel sort of FAQ videos that um, you're welcome to dig into. Um, and we're real people, Matt. I Like your team, I want to say we're real people who answer the phone. That's awesome. We answer emails, and we're we're really in it to, to um, open it up for anybody who's interested in exploring and building and working with us. We're here to support the industry. So That's pretty reach awesome. Out. And are you guys a B Corp as well? Is that true? Or did I make that's that up? Where the, where, that's where the B comes from. Yeah, we're a public benefit corp. We incorporated... Wow as a public benefit. So we certainly um, are out to make money and grow the company. But by incorporating as a benefit corp, we um, locked in our goals around creating jobs, creating housing, and sustainable planet. So we're, we're really um, embracing a lot and it's written right into our bylaws that that will always be the case. That's super cool. Can you name any other companies that are B Corps that we would know? Um, you might know Patagonia. I've heard of that name, sure. Yeah, Patagonia is a big one. Ben have and you, Jerry's is a big one. Have you heard of uh, Neil Kelly in uh, Portland, Oregon? Do you know those guys? No, Neil Kelly. Tell uh, me. You should look them up. They were probably the first B Corp I knew of. Neil Kelly uh, is a probably 60 or 70-year-old uh, design builder modeling company in Portland that has a fabulous reputation. They also started their own cabinet shop. They have their own... Uh, apprentice carpentry program for high schoolers to go right into their carpentry program and become lead carpenters. And they, uh, Neil, the founder of the company, turned it into a B Corp, I don't know, maybe 10 or 15 years ago now. One of the most incredible guys I've ever met. Uh, and they're doing fabulous work, uh, really just in the Portland market. But, you know, they're probably doing $25 million of uh, remodel business every year. Uh, and they're a B Corp, and he set it up. He's probably, I don't know, mid, mid or late 60s now. He's really set it up so it wouldn't just be uh, when Neil's gone, the, the, the company dies. Uh, and so I don't even know all the ins and outs of the, uh, of the B Corp, but I got to tell you, from my short amount of time researching those guys and what their philosophies were and why they did it, I was crazy impressed. So. That's a big deal for for you guys, and that's interesting. I didn't realize that was that was where the uh, B Public came from. That you're a B Corp as well. Yeah, it, it's a it's a pretty cool movement. There are amazing people involved in it, and you know when I, I have a lot of conversations with builders and architects and and other business owners, and when you talk about it, people realize like, oh, I have a lot of values based in how I do work and what the work is that I do yep. and how I treat my employees. For sure. It's it's a pretty cool thing to check out. Yeah. We're really proud to be a part of it, for That's sure. That's really awesome. The last thing I want to wrap up on, Edie, before we uh, close out the podcast is uh, we've just launched recently a series called Talking Trades, where we're going to 
really dive deep into uh, not carpentry, but plumbing, electrical. Uh, well, that's true. That's not true. We do have a carpenter, uh, Zach Detmore, on on the show. But we've got this this big video series of really in, uh, intended to watch for adults to sit down with their kids, with their high schoolers, with their junior hires to say, you know, here's here's a tradesman or woman, uh, three men and one one a female drywall contractor who shoots videos for us. Here's what their day in the life looks like. Uh, you know, here's what money they can make. Here's what they like about the job. Here's what they don't like about the job. Uh, and I see what you're doing at Be Public as part of that solution. Uh, you know, we've got a huge amount of need for carpenters, uh, and yet we have less to do on the job site when your panels arrive than if a big stack of lumber arrived. And the other thing that I want to mention is I think that today's younger generation, including my, my, I have some high schoolers at home right now, I think they want to be a part of something that's not just a nine to five job, but part of something that really means something, that really they feel like what they're doing is valuable. And so much so that I think my kids and that a bunch of 20 year olds today would take a 50% paycheck cut if they knew that their job was cool and interesting and was benefiting to the world. Uh, and I think what you guys are doing is so interesting in that front because every job you guys work on really has that goal of net zero, you know, whether it's going to get passive house certified or not. And it's so different than the crappy construction we've been doing in America for the last decades, even though the finished house may look very well like the exact same house that was built uh, next door with a traditional system. It could perform incredibly different. It could have a third or or 25% of the energy use. It could be twice as healthy. It could, you know, all these benefits to the homeowners. But yet I think that you're addressing what we need as an industry, which is some story to capture the hearts and minds of our young people to say, hey, this is an industry I could jump on board with because I see that what I'm doing here benefits the world, benefits my family, has a career opportunity. What's your uh, what's your take on all that? I, lo- I love talking about this. I, I, too, have teenagers at home who don't have any desire to sit at a computer. Yeah. Who are very demanding about we have to do better and there has to be change in the world. Um, and they both love working with their hands. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're truly craftspeople. So yeah. I, I love that we're giving them, you know, a very good view into doing things differently. I, I think it's not always a 50% reduction. I mean, we really want the trades to be paid a fair wage and have a pathway and to truly have a sustainable career. That's right. So, I'm just throwing that out as a, as a uh, for example, but you're right. I mean, I I make a great living in this business. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm sure I'm in the top 10% of builders' uh, wages, um, but you know, there's plenty of opportunity for you to make lots of money in, in this uh, in this business. So it's not a trade-off for me. I make more money than some of my friends that are doctors or lawyers uh, as a builder. And so there's there's plenty of opportunity for young people to make a great living. I think ambitious builders, that's what we want, right? We that's really right. want to light a fire with people that you can ha- take incredible pride in your work and yes. create something that's lasting and that you get paid for it that's right. and that you can 
find training and you can find a team. I mean, I love that building requires you work with others and that you're thinking on the fly yep. and that every day is different. Um, I I find that as a woman to be intimidating, to walk onto a job site, raise my hand and ask for a job. But I feel totally comfortable comfortable walking in the front office of a shop, see all the positions on the floor and see people working with tools and their hands building together. That's a way we can create pathways and a view into a long-term career. That's right. right? I, there's so much good here to be done. And I, I love this series. I can't wait to see it, Matt. When's it going to launch? Uh, it should be launched by the time people are listening to this. It's called Talking Trades, and you can go check it out on buildshownetwork.com. Uh, we'll it will also be on our YouTube channel, uh, the Build Show YouTube channel. So you should be able to find it in all the normal places. We'll be dropping one episode a week for... Uh, what do we have? I forget. We have like 14 episodes, something like that. We have three episodes with Eric Ani, a plumber, uh, three with Lydia uh, Crowder, a drywall contractor, three with uh, Zach Detmore, who's a carpenter remodeler in New Jersey, and three with uh, Eric from CNC, not Eric, um, CJ with CNC Electric in California, uh, master electrician. So it's it's a really fun series. I got my hands dirty. Uh, I got to be uh, a little embarrassed at my terrible skills. Uh, I got about as as uh, thoroughly covered in drywall mud as I possibly thought possible uh, working with uh, Lydia one day. And, uh, and my muscles were sore because I didn't realize how much poundage of mud she was moving all day. But, man, I had a lot of fun with those four. And so I'm excited about that series, Eddie. Edie. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I aspire to be Lydia and to be so cool. She's pretty it's awesome. Spackle. I mean, she makes it look easy, and it is not. <laughs> no, she not at all. Amazing. She pretty much had to redo everything that I did that day, I'm sure. <laughs> but we had a lot of fun together. Edie, I really appreciate your time. Uh, I hope that our listeners will uh, will reach out to you guys and check out your website, check out your videos. Um, we did make a video with these guys, uh, or not with you guys, but at your job site, I should say, maybe six months ago. Uh, uh, actually, is that true, or did I only do Instagram posts when I was there, Edie? I can't remember. I think I only may have on, only done Instagram posts. Uh, we'll have to make a video together one of these days. And, of course, it would be awesome to build with you guys at, one, at some point. Uh, yeah. I just, I, wrap, I just wrapped up another Bensonwood house this past year, and, I mean, the systems are incredible. Uh, and the performance is unbelievable. So uh, I think it's definitely a part of the future. And I think you guys should absolutely reach out to uh, be public and learn more about those guys. So Edie, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Matt. Definitely. Guys, uh, thank you for joining us on your commute uh, while you're sitting at your office and doing an estimate and listening to us in the background. If you want to watch the Build Show, Edie and I's shiny faces are available over on buildshownetwork.com. You can actually watch the video version of this. Uh, and by the time this podcast publishes, too, guys, uh, I think you've probably heard we actually have two or three other podcasts now available on buildshownetwork.com. Uh, we announced in January that the Unbuild It podcast uh, with our friends Jake Bruton, Steve Basic, and uh, who is the third guy on that? I'm blanking. Uh, Peter Yost. Uh, is now on the buildshownetwork.com as well. And I've got two more that I can't tell you about that will be announced real soon. So we're, we've got a full uh, build out of a, of a podcast platform. And another thing I probably shouldn't tell you about, but I'll tell you anyway, is we've got a full site remodel uh, 
that will be rolling out in Q2 of this year that's that's uh, the team is working big time on right now. So we got a lot of cool stuff happening in 2024. But, guys, with that being said, follow us on TikTok or Instagram. Otherwise, we'll see you next time on the Build Show podcast.